All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're gonna crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. What did he? What did he set? Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive lineman in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What's good, Finn Nation, and welcome back. To the finish line, part of the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Reason, and I'm joined by the legendary Richmond Webb and the Triple OG, Mr. Keeping It 100, <laughs> Mr. Ball Game. <laughs> Gentlemen, the Dolphins are coming off of a, I know it was a preseason, but a preseason victory where icing the kicker actually worked. And Please, um, the moment we, we worked, I said, please don't say we used our one get-out-of-jail-free card with icing the kicker this season on that. <laughs> um, so, But it worked. The Dolphins win 26-24. Um, a kind of thrilling game where Skylar Thompson got all the action. Um, as from what I was told, Teddy Bridgewater has been dealing with some back stiffness. Um, how are you guys feeling? How was your overall thoughts of – um, the first preseason game and this week of practice so far, which we will definitely get into. Uh, good, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, uh, I'm always good after a win or whatever. I mean, I think we all understand this is preseason, but um, you know, this is a time where the decisions got to be made for certain guys to see whether they're going to make this football and football team and. This is where you get an opportunity to go out and show your skill set, or you want to show you the type of pro- productivity that you can can add to this team. And uh, I think we had some good highlights, like uh, like you said, reason Skylar Thompson. I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, Gaskin didn't get many carries, but um, if you look at the average of what he did, you know, that's probably six yards a carry. So, and that'll come down as the game goes along, but to you know, just get him in there, let him get a little quick feel and get out. I think the the main thing that is kind of impressive is, you know, not beating your starters up and knowing how valuable it is to get through these first three preseason games and go into the regular season healthy. So um, I was impressed. Like you said, uh, that's part of coaching, being able to ice the kicker and it actually worked for us this time. I think this is a, a good opportunity during the preseason to just try some stuff like that without, you know, showing your whole offensive defensive scheme. You know, you kind of keep it vanilla during the preseason games. You're not going to show your whole hand, but to see guys go out there and perform well, you know, I look forward to that. And um, I thought it was a good game. Mr. Tripp. Okay, go ahead. Before ball game goes here, I wanted to say something because he said something mm-hmm. about keeping it vanilla. And I agree, it was vanilla. But did you also – this is what I liked about the play calling, and this is why I think there's promise with the play calling. As vanilla as it was, did you guys both notice everything was called with a purpose? Even mm-hmm. though it was vanilla, 
They were yeah. still setting you up for the next play. And it was, th- there was purpose behind the play calling. And it was such a breath of fresh air. I just had to, you said the word, I had to get that in there. Go ahead, ball game. Yeah, but, but, but that's, that, that's what you want to see, you know, um, even if it's been up. It's, exactly. it's like playing chess. You can't just yep. say, well, I'm going to just move to just, yep. it, you, you're setting my, up your opponent. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's a breath of fresh air. You took the word right out of my mouth because I think the biggest takeaway for me was the efficiency in which they he actually called the plays on offense and the thoroughness in which Boyer stuck to um, the scheme in which he was trying to. I think there was some level of things that he was trying to work on as well, which would take crucial time to be against somebody else to try to employ those things and see how your guys are doing those situations. They played off of each other, and I like the efficiency in which both coaches actually called the plays and the guys – got onto the field and got off the field and the way they mm-hmm. control the sideline. All those things are key things that if you can work on them now and get them down, you don't have to worry about during the season and you can focus on truly the X and O's of one of them being the highest efficiency. You know what I mean? The highest, highest level of efficiency and, you know, saying they're just going in thrashing folks. And one I think defensively they would have got better results if they were better at the second and third second, level tackling. Third level tackling. Yep, that's it. Yeah, there was a lot of missed tackles, and there was a lot of, but you know, for me at this point now, I know I do understand that there's not a lot of tackling happening in practice. Mm. So unfortunately, you don't get to exercise that one key element of what defines you as a good defense until you actually get into live action. And even then, it's quick whistles. A lot of times, mm. if a guy gets stood up, you don't get an opportunity to take him to the ground, or you know, if you do have two guys in the area. And there's one guy, they're going to blow the whistle fast. They're going to make sure he gets secure the kit. If you're trying to take him down, woo-hoo, the whistle. You know what I mean? So tackling is a, a lost art, unfortunately, in the NFL. But I do still think our Dolphins coaches get a huge check mark in the box for efficiency and uh, the play calling. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and also this week, they went down to 85 players on the roster. Um, they waived. Backup center Cole Banwart, um, receiver Devontae Deadman, who the returner from the CFL, defensive lineman Jordan Williams. Um, they also waived Tino Ellis, who I really like. I hope they bring him back on the practice squad like they did last year. And then also Adam Shaheen, after he failed the physical and the trade got voided with the Texans, um, he was placed on injured reserve. He's probably not playing another snap for us, obviously. <clears throat> so a busy week, busy week. Um, I will, you know, the one thing that I, I didn't like though is, um, you know, and, and it, it kind of is a tie in from the preseason game into practice this week. You know, everyone's making a big deal about these interceptions by Tua. And maybe I'm the one who's seeing the silver lining, but, you know, they got worked over a little bit by Kyle Trask. And they came out this week and they said, no. And they, and I look at it as a secondary responding to, how they played in that preseason game, right? Especially against when Kyle Trask was on the field. Kyle Trask was moving the ball quite easily at times against him, mainly because Tyler Johnson was playing out of his mind, um, the former Minnesota product. So, you know, talking about training camp this week, everyone's, you know, losing their mind because two or three, six interceptions, whereas these guys were getting picked off every practice. It's just Javon Holland had four of those six interceptions on Tua because the guy's a budding all pro. And McDaniel's been talking about for quite some time how they've been having a competition of sorts going on because let's face it, 
if Tua becomes a franchise leader, franchise quarterback, he's going to be the leader of this offense. And Javon Holland is the leader of our defense in the making. That's what he is right now. That guy is going to be the quarterback of our defense. That's just, you can already see it, right? Um, so your guys' thoughts on this week's practice. Um, and I know, hey, the AI, Alan Iverson, we talk about practice. I get it. But, you know, I want to give you guys a, a food for thought before I before you guys give your opinion. This is where I'm at with it. These are inter-squad games. Do they know what they're calling at the time? No. But who knows your tendencies? Who knows who has the best idea as an offense of what you're trying to execute better than your own teammates? Who you have conversations with, who are in meetings, et cetera, et cetera. So here's my thing. You know, where was all the talk when he was shredding the Buccaneers in joint practices. Where, wh what matters more to me, him shredding the Buccaneers in joint practice or him getting picked off in inter-squad practice? What, what, what matters more to me really? What matters more and what should matter more to everyone? Like, I just think this is a, just another overreaction because Tua creates clicks. Um, and really to be honest with you, it's not fair because it's downplaying the phenomenal week Javon Holland had. Let's be real here. Javon Holland got the orange jersey multiple times. He's our first three-time orange jersey guy now. So your guys' thoughts on this week of practice, the six interceptions, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's well, practice. It's oh, just ahead, practice. It's just practice, right? But in the same sense, I like the fact that he's throwing the picks now because where is he going to get an opportunity to really – I mean – Let's be honest. Our secondary, you know, saying as they stand at full strength, it's probably the top three in the league. And mm -hmm. um, if Tua wants to go out and practice and test himself, see if those windows, if he can fit it into these different windows and things of that nature, I think that's smart of him. And I think that the interceptions are just a product of two things. One, Javon Holland is becoming really freaking good, and two is being aggressive out there, and I'm okay with it because I don't believe that under any circumstance he'll do those in games to, to hurt us. So I'm okay with that. I think the biggest thing that people don't factor in is the fact that across the board, if a quarterback never truly tests his skill set against elite players in practice and is afraid to throw interceptions, it shows up on Sundays in the worst way because then at that point, the people across from you really don't give two craps about how well you do or this, that, and the other. And they want you back there holding the ball forever and yeah. take the sack and be inefficient. You see what I'm saying? So I kind of look at where the information is coming from and who's kicking up the much dirt and dust about how things are transforming in practice because most of the guys don't really know. What the hell are they talking about half the time? And I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick on that. There's maybe one or two guys that write about us that truly know football and really know what they're looking at. And those guys, unfortunately, are the ones that should be should be listened to the most. But most people don't because there's always some controversy around the other guys because they always keep the the BS going. So for me, f them picks. Yeah, because some of them actually, to be honest with you the majority of them actually came in situational drives. One of them was you had to go 70 yards 
in 40 seconds. The other one was you had to go like 50 yards in like a minute. And then some of the other ones were in two minute drills. So they were situational. They weren't normal 11 11 start from your own end, drive it down and score. But anyways, go ahead, Richard. What are your thoughts on uh, last week? Yes, practice. And and even as you explain um, the situational to me, with that amount of yardage you got to cover and the time that you're given to doing it, basically that's two minute drives, all of them. And they can call it situation, whatever, but um, I just think, I just remember playing and, and it doesn't matter where you play offense or defense. If you go out and play a game and like say, not the defense didn't play bad, but like ball games saying we need to tighten up on the tackling and stuff like that. You go, you're going to come back, you're going to watch the film, you're going to correct the mistakes. And then the next thing you see is, like you say, we just cut down to 85 players. So now heads are starting to go around and say, okay, I need to step it up. And then, like you said, we're hollering. I think he's an alpha, just like Tua. So if the defense doesn't perform the way he is and you're one of the leaders on the defense, you're going to want to come back and have a good week of practice. So uh, I'm sure you're going to be a little bit more competitive, a little bit more aggressive in this and that. And uh, two or through, you know, six or whatever, I, I think it's just it's just like they magnify every little thing, whether it's good or bad, they just magnify it. But it's practice. And I can remember even in, in um, playing back when we played with, with Marino a lot of time on Fridays, we would do our two-minute drill, this and that. We'd get different scenarios. And it would get pretty heated at times. And – you know, Dan might try to force it in there a couple times and defense might pick him off and then they get to talking trash and then Dan gets pissed off and says, okay, let's run it back again. So now, even though we're teammates, now you done pissed him off. So, okay, we got to line up. You got to give me another shot at it because it's not going to end like that. But that's what helps <laughs> you perform better when – it'll probably be Saturday, but really when Sunday comes along, you know, you – I've been times where we've had really good weeks of practice and then we don't play well in the game and then we'll have like some really like screwy practices and then we'll go out and just ball out and be like, you, you just can't, yeah, you can't figure it, but you know, that's part of coaching, that's part of playing this and that, but um, I'm not worried about that at all. It's, it's practice. That's when you want to make your mistakes. You're going to go and watch the film and correct it. I'm sure the coach is going to say, I see what you were trying to do here. You tried to force it in, but, if you never try to force it in, you never can see what different results you get. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's good he's willing to take those chances in practice where he might be a little bit more reserved in, yeah. in the games and stuff. I mean, ball game was on to something right there, right? When yeah. when you can test the windows, you can test your arm limits. Yep. Right? You know, if, if you like, if you look at a guy like Holland, I'm sure there's guys that they've identified on defenses they might face who might have similar range, similar mm-hmm. ball abilities that you can now know what kind of windows you can test against that kind of elite level talent. Like, I mean, and, and like ball game said, w- uh, get it out in practice. <laughs> like, I don't want to see you doing this and testing these windows on Sunday. I want you to know what windows you can throw to on Sunday. And here's another thing. Can I mention this to you guys too? Yeah. What's the X factor no one's talking about, especially in these situational drives? Jalen Waddles missed all week. Yeah. Right? You're missing your number two guy. You're missing um, your number two guy. And then uh, the other thing I was going to mention right quick, reason didn't mean to cut you off. But, go ahead, uh, buddy. Just like you said earlier, 
you, you got to look at it. This defense has seen this offense, and I'm sure everything hadn't been installed. But when you look at it, you had many camp, quarterback schools, this and that. So it, it's certain formations you line up and say they're going to do this, this, or that. And then he just jumps. I mean, when you're an athlete like Holland, he's going to make some plays like that. So, yeah. like you Makes said, I, I think you said it perfect. They, they're focusing on two a bit. Holland had a hell of a week, and I think he's going to have a hell of a season this year. So, I think it's good when you have battles go back and forth like that. Well, yes, well, I ahead. said this yesterday <clears throat> on my on Finside the NFL. Okay, we've seen highlights coming out. You know of. Uh, Xavier Howard getting torched by two in Tyreek or whatever. Does Jeff this mean that? Yeah. Does does this mean? Yeah. Exactly. Does this mean Xavier Howard is all of a sudden not a top three, you know, man corner in the NFL and he's not going to produce this season? No. Oh, no, Roger. it's practice, bro. Let's like, trade X now. You know what I'm saying? In, like, it, it's so ridiculous. <clears throat> you know, it's it's just it's so ridiculous. And let's be honest. Guess what? This is also Holland's second straight offseason playing against Tua in these levels. So, and, and and did you guys, I don't know if you guys saw Holland's media availability. Shout out to the sponsor of the show, Zaxby's. But, <laughs> but um, he said that him and Holland have conversations after practice. If he gets beat by Tua or if he intercepts Tua, he will tell Tua, this is what I keyed in on. Or Tua will say, this is what I noticed, and this is how I beat you. So they're giving each other tips on how to beat each other, man. Mm. Like, you know, like there's context to this that no one's talking about. Like, they are literally competing to make each other better. Yeah, he talked about this. Yeah, he talked about this. Wow. Okay. You can't can't learn that in film study. It's just – I'm gonna make the comparison. They're teaching instinctual stuff. They're teaching instinctual stuff, right? I want to be great, and I want to make you great. Yeah, yeah. And then you're willing to share information with each other because it's for the it's for the The team, not for me. It's you. Well, and Holland, okay, if was telling me he sees that, then we go play Buffalo or New England. Maybe these guys might see this. So I need to really work to not give. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tendencies and stuff. That's 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 awesome. Now I, I love to hear that. Yeah. Man. Damn that ball game likes it. I know that's that. deep, man. What do you think? Yeah, because that's the leadership. Free, free safety is the quarterback of the secondary. So. That's leadership shown exactly. by both yeah. sides. I think. That's, man, <laughs> can you say we hit hit the hit the uh, hit the hit the lottery twice? And if Jalen Phillips does what he's supposed to do, ooh, to. trifecta. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you that that you know even if Eichenberg becomes a competent guard, those yeah, four picks class. will make that draft class a, a home run. I think the top three picks are gonna be you knocked it out of the park with your first three picks. So, um, so they got the um, Las Vegas Raiders coming up this week. A hot topic is McDaniel has been non-committal as to whether Tua and the starters are gonna be are gonna be playing. Now I'll tell you guys what I've been told. I was be. told privately that this was actually going to be the dress rehearsal week, but a couple weeks ago they changed plans and week three is going to be the dress rehearsal. Now they could get a drive. <clears throat> I'm just going to explain this to the public. What I mean by dress rehearsal is they could get a drive or two this week, but dress rehearsal means that will be the most time the starters play in a preseason game. And the reason why I was told that is because of that bye week 
you know how there's that that fourth week where there was usually a preseason game has now been turned into a bye week. I was told basically week three is a dress rehearsal because that is the you know least amount of time between game action. If they dress rehearsal them this week, then the then they barely play next week, and then they're off the week after, and blah 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 blah. Right, so that's what that's the reason I was given. Um, but that said, okay, I know, and we've added the context to the situational stuff and what Holland said regarding to his interceptions. I'm still in the belief that I think two in the starters should at least get a drive, just get to shake off, just go out there and shake a little bit of the rust off, get a little bit of loose. Uh, now I know everyone shook over what happened to Zach Wilson and everything like that, but I do think I would give them a drive or two this game, and I'd give them a full quarter in Game Three, and that would be it. Um, what are you guys' opinions? Do you think um, a Do you think Tua does play this week? And B How would you handle the workload for the starters over these next two games? Specifically, an interesting guy like Taron Armstead, who. He was really on a uh, workload management program this week. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, if Tua plays this week? Should he play, et cetera, et cetera? If he plays, um, I, I do agree with the first point you made about the dress rehearsal. I do believe that you want the least amount of time from your last preseason game to the actual start of the season. Um, but now it's three, it used to be four. Sometimes we could play five when I was playing. But now they play 17 games where we play 16. So um, I think the key thing that you do, you want to get guys a little work, let them get their time in and get out. So um, I could see a couple of series this game uh, from two or the starters or whatever. And depending on how long the drives are, um, Two, two, two good drives could almost be the first quarter. Um, but if you go out there and you stink it up three and out, three and out, you might have to go three drives. But I wouldn't go no more than a quarter. And probably the same thing for the the third preseason game. Uh, if they're really hitting on all cylinders, this and that, give them a couple of series, maybe a quarter, and get them, get them in and out of there. I think that's the way it's, it's, it's different now than when I played. I think the first game, most of the starters or Marino will play a couple of series, no more than a quarter. And then he would play maybe a quarter and a half. Third game he played half. The last game he would play maybe a series or two in the, in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter is everybody's trying to make the team. They're going to get the majority of the work. But it's a little different now with three. But, yeah, I agree. A couple of series, as long as it's good series, you know, get them somewhere between 10, 15 plays a piece, and then, you know, maybe a little bit more the third game. But I, 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 I like that because you get them, you just want them to get their timing and stuff like that and just kind of get used to game speed and get used to going once versus once, where a lot of times in preseason, it just depends on what the team's doing. You don't really get to work against the number one group. And especially for the quarterbacks, get the bullets flying a little bit because – they, you know, guys haven't been able to sniff them in practice, right? Ball game, right. thoughts? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's always important from a coaching standpoint to um, ensure that any type of or any level of live action that your guys can get against another, against someone else other than someone they see throughout the week is always a good thing. Um, I don't think to, a, and I don't think the ones need to play more than maybe 
two series. And if they have, if they go down and get two field goals, that's enough for me. Go and pull them and be done with it because still got a lot of numbers to run through. Still got a lot of guys that they still need to evaluate that could possibly make this team. And the starters, let them play in the third game up to maybe first quarter and then pull them as well. And then that should be a wrap because I think over the course, of, we don't have a lot of O-line depth. So I think all of those guys are intricately important up front right now at this point. Let them play, but um, a little bit longer, maybe because every rep they get is a solidarity based up front for them and their communication. They're probably the one unit that could stall everything that's going on in terms of the offense because they're the, they're the ones with the most new pieces. Wide receivers um, to just need the ball in the vicinity, the good ones just – to catch it and then make a move and get up the field. But as a lineman, there's so much stuff they got to process. So they probably gonna get more work than the actual skill players. But I think being an old lineman is definitely a skill. So I don't really subscribe to the whole notion that they're not skilled players. However, mm-hmm. got a lot of bodies to get through. So um, if, if, if they gave me two, two drives with two of this week, That'd be enough for me. I don't, I don't think I really need to see him, especially when I know who he's going up against. You know what I'm saying? Like the Raiders aren't going to really present much of a challenge in regards to that. Probably won't put their guys up there either because they don't want to have to deal with Tyreek and, you know, and well, no water. So they might have a lip. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop that. They ain't got no chance regardless. Um, I don't need to see much. Mm. I think they understand, like, Going up against our defense every day is a lot. I think what for the offense, offensive line is more important. I'm gonna stick with that because they the ones need to tee off and be in unison more so than wide receivers running, whatever they're running. You know, Tyreek mm-hmm. has proven to be able to put himself in position to make difficult catches. That's one of Waters' fortes as well. So, O line continuity is key. So quarter. Keep him in there as long as you can, and then go ahead and get the depth guys. At least give them a half, though. And I don't know. I wouldn't even play Armstead much anyway, so he's still recovering. So, so going back to the preseason game for a second here, and we'll do this during the season. <clears throat> um, game balls, who were you most impressed with offensively and defensively um, from this past weekend, specifically for me? Um, I got to go Lynn Bowden Jr., who led the team in receiving and had that touchdown. Um, I do think Skylar Thompson left yards on the field with ball placement um, on a few of those Bowden throws. Um, And then defensively, I thought Benito Jones was super disruptive and a guy who, when he he came to the Dolphins as a UDFA, one of those rare nose tackles that was known for his pass rush and not his run-stuffing ability, and to see him constantly in the backfield against the run making plays was, was really positive for me because if he, if he becomes a good run star for that guy's going to be a real complete option there as a backup for Raekwon. But what were your guys overall thoughts? Um, who would you guys give your offensive player game ball and defensive player game? ball to? Well, I know offensively for me, it was probably Skylar Thompson. Um, uh, I think they, I think that was kind of, I already knew that Tua wasn't going to play. So, just wanted to see how he comes in at the beginning of the game at the start. And, you know, normally you got the butterflies, stuff like that. 
Um, like you said, it, it was a couple of throws and stuff that he could have done better. But for being his first start, you know, with the Dolphins, this and that, I, I thought he played. Um, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, is there things he can improve on? Of course. I mean, just young player, this and that. But um, like you said, um, being thrust into that position, this and that, I, I, I thought he played pretty good. Defensively, I didn't. I, I probably should have thought about a defensive guy, but I didn't. I was probably more concerned about the offense. So um, I'll go with the nose tackle with you, but I really didn't. I'll focus in more this week on on that. But I um, really wanted to see how this quarterback was going to play and stuff like that. And I thought he did pretty decent. How about you, ball game? Well, for me, um. I was more concerned about the offensive line, so that and as a whole. And then on defense, I really enjoyed what Trill Williams had going on up until um, he got hurt. So um, it's unfortunate. This is a part of the process sometimes in the game, trying to win jobs and things of that nature. But uh, individual-wise, I got to go – I don't know. I agree with you. I like what I saw from Skyler. I like that he wasn't flustered even after the first drive. And they went back and they got three the next time. And then Buck scored. And then, you know, he still was composed. So mm-hmm. I like I like that. I like that from the young guy. And uh, I'm going to go with one more person. I did like um, – I'm going to piggyback you just because I didn't think the kid was going to ever stay around this long. But Benito Jones actually did a, a really good job of Know, disruption and um, plugging gaps, which I like to see because he's fighting for his life right now. And um, I like to see guys go out and just really, really. I mean, that's why for me, uh, um, preseason, I don't even really care to see the ones, to be honest with you. I want to see the guys that are actually trying to get in to just be a guy on the 53. Mm-hmm. That's what a real football, like guys are right there throwing caution into the wind, like, Sammy Guavin probably played the, the game of his life and didn't even have the biggest impact of anything, but he was out there trying to do even what physically he probably wasn't able to do. But those are the, that's that's when the games are interesting, you know. But mm-hmm. right, we won <laughs> on a yeah. on, on a freeze. <laughs> I broke down. Um, I broke down Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, um, and Lynn Bowden's game. The reason why I picked Lynn Bowden too is because. I loved what I saw on the kick return and the punt return he had. I um, mean, the 26-yard kick return, and then he had that 16-yard punt return. And I, I want him to be our return guy. I don't want Hill or Waddle to be put in that position. Um, so, and then as far as Austin Jackson and Eichenberg, I thought there were a few times where Eichenberg's lack of an anchor really showed up. Um, Austin Jackson, though, was very impressive at right tackle, um, even though it was 11 reps. I really liked what I saw from Austin Jackson much better than what I had seen the previous two years, which is very, very encouraging early on. So there, there was stuff. Dieter was not very good. Um, you know, Keon Smith, who played right tackle, was not very good. Lionel Coleman was okay. Um, it was a mixed bag from the offensive line, really. Um, so what are you guys going to be looking for going into the game? And the one thing I did want to add, too, is you know, the Dolphins have added Mackenzie Alexander, primarily a slot corner out of from the Minnesota Vikings. And what this does is now if 
God forbid something happens to Holland, it gives them the flexibility that Needham can move to free safety and they can make McKenzie the number one slot guy. Also, it allows Keon Cross and to bounce to the boundary if Byron Jones can't go in week one. So a lot of good flexibility added by the McKenzie Alexander signing. Wanted to add that. But what are you guys going to be looking for this weekend? Again, is it going to be trench play? I mean, I think we can all agree we'll be looking at the trenches. Um, secondary play, who's going to be – I think we all continue to watch week in and week out the progress of no, the progress or lack thereof of Noah Benogany. And then, um, you know, don't forget the other guys in the secondary too because – Keon Crossan is going to continue to battle to be the next man up on the boundary. Um, and then the linebacker, you know, I got a guy we didn't mention who had a quiet, good game, Channing Tyndall. Channing Tyndall had a few good coverage snaps. Channing Tyndall was actually very good. So what are you guys going to be watching? Is it going to be once again trench play and a mixed bag of secondary play? Uh, what are you guys going to be watching um, for the Raiders-Dolphins game this Saturday? Uh, me, I think I'm going to be watching um... – First thing is there's a possibility that the starters are going to play a little bit more this this um, week. So I definitely want to see how they perform against the Raiders and, and their starters and um, see how they got their time in this and that. And if they look like they really in sync, you know, even though you practice against a team, it's different. Um, game speed has always seemed like it's a little bit faster than whatever you do in practice, even though you're working against another team. But want to see that and then um also just to continue to see um some of these young guys that's going to emerge or show that hey they're good enough to make this team and how they can help um this team and, and I, I thought you brought up a great point reason when you said um the way lynn bowden played uh as far as uh kickoff return punt return whatever Jalen wild and um tyreek that's an emergency those guys, those are your number one receivers. Snap. Let a guy like Glenn Bowden handle that responsibility, especially when you see he can be productive. You can mm-hmm. average somewhere between eight, 10 yards. You know, if you average 10, 11 yards, you might lead the league as far as averages, um, as far as punt return and stuff. So um, it's always good when you can have additions like that to where a guy's not a starter, but can be really productive in your special teams. And just like the cornerback you said with Minnesota, it gives flexibility. If this guy goes down, we can move. Like I said, Byron Jones not ready to go. You can shuffle some guys and still be really good, whereas if you just got four guys and one of those guys are not able to go in the secondary, then it's like it puts a target or a bullseye on one of those guys that's got to step up because they're going to say, okay. Noah. Well, I'm, just, I'm not calling no names. I'm just well, didn't you notice Kyle Trask and the, Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask were picking on Noah Monogany? Did you not notice that? Well, the second I, and third I'm, string guys were picking on him. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. And ball game, this should resonate with you. When you got a cornerback that's getting picked on, time to get a new cornerback. And, and, and until you fix it, once if whoever when they, when they find it, they're going that's where they're going to always go. Then regardless of the player, uh, if they know, like you said, if they know a guy can't, it's not good against stopping the run, they're going to keep running at him until he shows he can stop it or whatever. So until you fix that, teams are going to pick on the weakest link. They're not going to say, okay, it's the weak guy. Let's not, let's not go with him. No, you, you're going to get the work. So you just got to be ready to go. But you either got to step up or, like you said, 
if you struggle last week, you need to be showing, hey, that happened last week, but it ain't gonna happen every week. Y'all keep come come on come over here this week. You're gonna see what's gonna happen. So that's the kind of mindset you gotta have. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for me, um, each of these preseason games and all the games in general is O line, man. I mean, I know those are guys, Richmond, but um, at the end of the day, this offense is only going to go as far as them guys carry them. So they got to get right. Um, defensively, I want to see, um, I want to see these young guys in the secondary continue to compete for a job. Somebody, somebody going to get sent home. So um, the depth's going to be needed, and whoever makes the cut, you know, and they're going to, they will have earned it, and that's what I would like to see because. The way we move into NFL, truly now at this point being a um, passing league, you can't ever have enough quality DBs. You know, that position is still arguably, in my opinion, the number one hardest position to transition to, especially with the rules change for wide receivers and things of that nature. And guys really truthfully having to live going in reverse. You know what I'm saying? So I want to see all these guys fight for the right to be here. You know, Dolphins have um, arguably worked their way into being one of the elite secondaries and elite defenses uh, in the league. So you're only going to be as strong as the guys providing the safety net over the top. And uh, this competition, just like the one over for the backup spots or even a chance at a starting spot on all line is just vitally important. So for me, I'm a dive a little deeper into the details this week and, you know, see who's really out there fighting to try to be um, a part of this next level of greatness we have. So. All right. So um, we'll be back next week. We'll recap the Raiders game and look at how everything goes. Um, Until next time, guys, Um, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. And as always, fins up all day, every day. And we will see you right back here at the finish line next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.